This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Spooked. The Scary Story Improvised Podcast. I'm Damian Depping. I'm Cody Crane. And here we are. Another day, another dollar. That's what they say, don't they? Oh, yeah. I hope they say that. I I think they do say that. I yeah, think for just a dollar a day, you can work for a major corporation, right? <laughs> That's what they say, right? Right. For a dollar a day. a dollar a day, you can take the dollar away from a starving child. Are you? <laughs> right? I don't know That's where you're going say. for this, but are you trying to get me a job at like Walmart? Yeah, or I think so. Listen, I, I watch. You want I watch. To pay for it? I watch a lot of late night TV. A lot of those infomercials they come on, and I fall asleep, so they're all jumbled in my head. I don't know what's true anymore. Okay, I'm just hearing arms of an angel right now, and images of puppies are flashing across my face. Right, right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. <laughs> See, um. Uh, speaking of uh, mm-hmm. like uh, giving money, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Come on. Um, well, no, please. No, but uh, we've had an advertiser in the past, uh, Manscaped, and everything. And this is me doing a uh, free ad for them. Well, we're always doing free ads for them. Yeah, because they're our favorite. I it, they've sent us packages mm-hmm. over uh, time, but I for didn't, our packages for our packages. Yes. But I didn't use the newest razor, and I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'll try this out today, kind of thing. Yeah. And um, as I think I did the last time I tried it, I accidentally just made a huge patch. And now I've gotten rid of every hair on my body. Like I just felt like I I made a huge mistake. See, see, my thing about this is unless it's on your face, it doesn't really matter if there's a huge bald patch there. You know what I mean? That's true. But it matters. You would have been fine. Like you could have like trimmed around it and made it like, oh, there's it's like a swimming pool. I I could have uh, glued it back on. Yeah, you could have glued it back on. <laughs> done a little toupee down there. That's true. A little merkin. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, that would have been good, too, I guess. That would have been. Then they, that would have been our next sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that That's two sponsors in one. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Shave it off. Put a fake one on that you can take off when you don't need it. That's some business. All the listeners at home take notes because we're, uh, we're about yeah. to make some big money that's over here. Right. That's right. But it's not all about us and our oh, geez, and our new, uh, fat stacks that we're about to grow. That's true. It's about our guest here today because we have an exciting guest. We have podcaster. We have author. We have Jim Harold here. Hello, guys. How are you? 
Oh, so oh, good. So good. Thank you so much for coming, Jim. It's good to be here now. Uh, we're not going to do too much more on male grooming, are we? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually why we brought you on. Completely up to you. Oh, uh, we, we that's have... okay. Nobody wants to know that. Nobody wants <laughs> for For me. So. <laughs> They don't want to know it from us either, but we can tell them. <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't want to say that. Maybe there's some interested parties, but <laughs> yeah, you got to assume there's at least one listener. I guess that's true. There's probably that's a reasonable one assumption. Wondering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this um, is for you. But uh, Jim, you're a uh, you're a podcaster, longtime podcaster too. You've been doing this since 2005. Is that right? That is absolutely wow. right. I started. Uh, I was working in radio behind the scenes on the business side. And I gone to school to be a broadcaster. So I heard about this thing called podcasting. And, you know, I, I've always been a geek. So most people hadn't heard of like pod and what. Yeah. And I thought I'd stop, start one. And I'd been interested in the internet, uh, internet, uh, in the paranormal since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? I'd love to do a show on the paranormal. So I started just as a hobby. Never thought anything was going to come of it rather than $20 a month out of my bank account. And, and some fun. And lo and behold, it kind of caught on. And it's been my full-time job for going on 11 years now. So wow. I'm very thankful. And I love talking to experts about the paranormal. I love to talk about, uh, probably my favorite thing is talking to regular people mm -hmm. about their experiences. That's what we do on Jim Harold's Campfire. And uh, all in all, it's just fascinating. And I'm still very much, uh, you know, I lean towards Believer. Uh, I'm kind of like if I, it's a gas tank, I'm like three quarters full. So I don't believe everything, <laughs> but I do lean towards believer and still fascinated by it after doing uh, well over 2000 episodes uh, on these topics. Still very interested. Well, you've uh, you said you like talking to experts and uh, regular people. Um, I don't know if this is your first time talking to uh, two bozo comedians about it. <laughs> Believe me, I talk to a lot of bozos. <laughs> no, no, no. You guys aren't bozos. Well, here's two but more anyway, no, the, the thing is, is that I believe um, that you should be able to have some fun with things. I don't take things mm -hmm. so seriously because you never make a joke. I think right. that's a problem with the world right now is that we we lost our sense of humor um and you know cody i know you mentioned you come more from the believer perspective and damien comes yes. more from kind of the I'm, i don't believe so much in this stuff <laughs> perspective and you yes. know what i think that's fine i think that's fine i think that even like believers sometimes need a little bit of a jolt back and say, hey, you know, sometimes like a EMF meter spiking is just bad electricity. Mm -hmm. And then I would hope that uh, a little bit of Cody and me would rub off as well and say, hey, maybe it's not so, oh, not everything's explicable by a, what's in a test tube or what you can weigh on a scale. So mm -hmm. I hope there's like a meeting of the minds. That's kind of what I shoot for. Yeah, he's always trying to rub off on me. And I'm just like, you stop <laughs> that. You stop that right now. You stop doing that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, and I think that that's yeah, yeah. Uh, the kind of uh, a theme of this podcast, you know. Like, I'm I'm a believer, but I also, you know, there's uh, there's something just like silly about the whole idea as well. Even though mm -hmm. that's what I believe in, that's what I've experienced, you know. And it's it's fun to uh, focus on that silly and almost be uh, deprecating towards it at times, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that we should have. Uh, a sense of humor about things. It doesn't mean to me that it, you're, you're disrespecting it mm -hmm. or you think that, I mean, people joke about church. They joke about politics. They joke about, you know, 
uh, you know, health situations, people going through health situations, a lot of times people will have uh, gallows humors, a, a way of uh, coping with it. I think we should be able to laugh at basically everything in the realm of the human experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, so back to like the uh, 2005 here, like that's a yeah, that's early. Like, that's a long I, time ago. That, you must be ancient, Jim. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like That's we've been doing this forever right sometimes. Like, we've been doing this <laughs> one since 2015, you know? Yeah, which and, is a long time. And you're you're 10 years on us. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. early on podcasting, you know? Well, the thing was, my background and my work had been in radio, so I was somewhat comfortable with the idea. And I was just playing around. I was just like, this is fun. I get to put out a show yeah. because I was like, you know, at that point, I had a mortgage. I had a wife. I had two kids. It's like I couldn't, like, drop what I was doing, uh, selling ads, and say, oh, I'm going to start over again in Paducah as a reporter or something. (laughs) So I was like, you know, well, at least this is a way for me, because it always frustrated me that I never did anything on mic uh, or on camera, because that was my idea. But I said, at least I can have this little thing to do for fun on the side. And it kind of blew up, which shocked me. Well, the amazing thing, like, I'm just looking at it now, like, podcasts, started in 2004 so you're you're yeah. within like the first year or two of yeah, this medium that's... actually being there and the fact that you're still doing it today is 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 crazy like that's as far as i know and i i'm always open to being corrected if i'm wrong i think that the paranormal podcast which you can tell it was early on i got that name the paranormal podcast yeah. And actually registered it for a trademark. But <laughs> but the point is, the fact I started so early, as far as I can tell, the Paranormal Podcast, which I mm-hmm. still produce today, is the longest continual paranormal podcast still going on the Internet. Now, wow. Wow. there are people that started within a year or two of me, like I think Darkness Radio started maybe six, five, six months after me, Tim Dennis and, and Dave Schrader. Uh, and those guys are great and still doing podcasting today. Uh, but as far as I can tell, I have like the first paranormal podcast that's still going. There were some at the time. And there were, you know, some within months after I started that are still going. But I think, I think they have the longest continuous paranormal podcast on the yeah. internet. And the thing about like, there's so many podcasts out there mm-hmm. and everything. And this is something that we've experienced because when we created this podcast, like way back the summer of 2015, we were the only spooked. Now there's like thousands, yeah. you know, and yeah. there and there's bigger spooked than us. Like they've yeah. overtaken us too, you know. Like well, they've the yeah. they've taken over. But like for yours, like too, I'm sure that you've experienced the same thing where there's like a lot of ones with the paranormal podcast, you know, yeah. or like yeah. something we kinda, similar. Uh, not too bad on that, but uh, there's like ten different campfires, and every time I see it, oh, I go, right. yeah. But that's because I think it was the first campfire themed podcast, but. You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But, uh, you know, I just love what I do. And it is a job. The nice thing, it's a job. I mean, it's my career now, but it's also something I enjoy. So, yeah, there's times when you're like, I got to edit this podcast or I got to do this. But overall, it is a pleasure. And uh, I just feel very lucky to do it. And I'm very thankful for my audience. And you've, I like, having a passion for like the paranormal and everything. And then you have like, your podcast, Jim Harold's Campfire, like you said, uh, and you're hearing all of these like ghost stories, right? Like it's um, 
I I guess it, it's yeah a campfire podcast. It's like uh, curated ghost stories. Yeah, basically yeah. people call in, and uh, we do it ninety minutes every week. Uh, and it's basically usually eight to ten callers come on and they tell stories. Now it's not just ghost stories though. We've had UFOs. We've had stuff that is have uh, hinted at parallel universes, time yeah, slips, okay. cryptid creatures. And the thing that I've come away with doing this, a couple of things, I'm not confrontational with the callers at all. I come from a place yeah. of like, hey, you are being kind and you're coming on the show and being vulnerable and sharing your story. I'm not going to be like, are you sure? Are you sure? You know, I, I'm going to be welcoming and, and kind. And most people, I think, mm -hmm. have experienced something. And I think that most people are very genuine in what they feel about it and what they experienced. I've had a couple of people over the years I've yeah. ever tried to pull my leg, but not, but not many. And the thing is, is that, you know, when I first started back in 2005, I'm like, I'm going to do these shows for six months and I'm going to have all this stuff figured out. I'll get to talk to all these people who know all this stuff about the paranormal and I'll, I'll have all the answers in six months. And I can tell you 17 going on 18 years later, I have more questions than I have answers, but I'm more convinced than ever than something is really going on. And part of it is this, and this might work towards Damien's scientific mind here, mm. is that I think reality is far stranger than we realize. And it right. could be totally science. Um, you know, people talk about the idea that we're living in a simulated universe. Mm -hmm. People talk about the many worlds theory. And with some of the time slip stuff I hear and those kind of things, I wonder if there's like glitches in the matrix that occasionally show themselves. So I, I guess what I'm saying is the one thing I've come away, two things I've come away. One, I do believe something is going on. I don't think all these people are wrong. I don't think they're all crazy. Um, what I think is going on, though, might be more complicated than just get dead people or ghosts, UFOs or aliens, you know, whatever. I think there's multiple things at play. And I also think there's a trickster element. I think something's messing with us to a degree. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, to touch on that, I mean, we've, we've started doing a lot of, uh, we, we get a lot more paranormal stories on here the last couple of years. We've kind of leaned more into that. Mm -hmm. We've heard a lot of different um, experiences and stories and uh you know i i think that reality is a little uh more strange than we think but i also find it's uh in my experience i think it's a lot simpler than that i think a lot of it is just we don't understand how our own minds work a lot of the times and i think a lot of that has to do with it perception and uh memory and a lot of these things more often than not the stories you hear are are retellings of things that happened in the past or that they heard from someone else. And I feel like a lot of that explains a lot of the paranormal stuff in, in my, in my personal view. Um, but yeah. And I'm so one who believes that everybody about. has the right to have their opinion. I don't. Of course. Uh, and uh, I'm not, I'm not saying I think some people are wrong or crazy or anything. I just think that sometimes it's a way of making sense of these things that you have perceived it's a way to understand the experience you had without actually knowing what that experience was, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I will say too, that you do, um, 
as far as like paranormal in general, you mm -hmm. do uh, believe in like extraterrestrial alien more so. Well, that is something like I don't believe in like little green men, but mm -hmm. I, I believe that there is a possibility that we can mm -hmm. have life on other planets. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's not unreasonable, I don't think. And I don't think that's necessarily a paranormal thing. No, but I mean, I think it kind of encapsulates in a way. Which is interesting that it is because that's just a, a number thing. We have like a, an almost infinite universe filled with different planets. And it's it's bizarre to think that there wouldn't be at least one that doesn't have like bacterium or something living on it. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, to me, when I say paranormal, because now it's like in vogue to think paranormal equals ghosts. Right. That's all it means. Oh, you do a ghost show. And it's like my shows, I cover like all of it. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's a lot more. And I agree with you. I mean, I've always said that even going back to when hardly anyone was saying that about UFOs. It's not even as much like a faith based thing, but it's just simple math. Yeah. And they're bound to have been civilization somewhere else, I would think, um, based on just the, the, the many, many planets that are out there. Now, the question becomes, have they visited here? Right. You know, people can differ on that, but I think, I think rational people can agree that it's very likely that they exist. Now, that's where it gets really argumentative. Have they visited? You know, some people will say, well, I have, I have uh, tea with the aliens every third Thursday of the month, and I don't necessarily buy that. By the way, I have glitter on my face. I'm looking here. I have a candle back here that has glitter, and I grab it. So I wasn't just, you know, feeling uh, very uh, special today or anything. I just, I just grabbed that candle back there and it had glitter on it. So oh, I, I thought it was like some uh, I regularly flare wear, that was happening. You know, when I'm not uh, doing male grooming, I regularly uh, put glitter on. But um, but anyway, just so you know. Uh and I don't know if this is video or not, so nobody will have any idea what I'm talking about. But I was looking at myself <laughs> in the camera. It's like I'm sparkling. It's like, oh, my. I, I think they'll know now. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, I guess they will. I we'll guess they will. We'll screenshot that moment for them. We'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking, uh, you know, dinner with the aliens every Thursday. I'm like, that's a terrible thing to call your in-laws. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm done. I'll stop. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, Jim, you were mentioning that you have been like uh, uh, an admirer of the paranormal for a very long mm -hmm. time. Uh, like growing up, were you watching a lot of like horror movies and uh, and stuff like that? Was yeah, that but my my favorite was, and this predates you guys, I'm sure, In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. Okay. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, um, that was really, I was like a kid in elementary school. I was like six years old and I was watching that and it's like, Man, I'm hooked because a lot of people say like the X-Files did it for them or, you know, whatever it might be. But that was the show for me. And ever since then, like and that's when I decided to do the Paranormal Podcast in 05. I'm like, OK, every time I go into when there were still bookstores, oh, there's some still. But every time I go in a bookstore, library, wherever, the first section I would go to is the paranormal section. Right. And um, it's like, hey, this is something where I get to pursue my passion of broadcasting slash podcasting. And then I also get to talk to, you know, I think the second show I had Stanton Friedman, the guy who basically blew open the Roswell case. Mm 
And I asked him to be on the podcast. And the first question was, what was a podcast? Because nobody <laughs> knew back in 2005. But he was nice enough to be on. And I mean, whether you subscribe to Roswell just being a weather balloon or you subscribe to it being little green men or little gray men, uh, either way, that's kind of cool interview. Like you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And so it was so neat to get to talk to these people. And it was, a, I, I got to say, you know, you were talking about this because people will say, well, how can you make a living at this? And why has it been successful? Because I'm a, what I consider a successful mid tier podcaster. I'm not Joe Rogan, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I can make a full time living at this. And I think the yeah. biggest thing was, or two things, one is just persistence and work. And the, the, the first thing, honestly, is I had kind of a first mover advantage. I started early yeah. and um, and that helped out a lot. Yeah. And and that's kind of I mean, we didn't start as early as you, of course, but uh, we also started before celebrities took over. Now right. I think it's a lot yeah. harder to uh, well, get your footing. We were lucky. That was mm -hmm. the big thing with the pandemic. They were all so bored. So they're like, well, I better start a podcast now. Yeah. yeah. So now yeah. I feel like starting one's a lot harder. But so, I mean, like, yeah, when we started, there wasn't that many options. You know, we, right. we predated the other spooked. So. <laughs> I was wondering about that. But I, I mean, I could totally see that happening. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, I, I've worked for big companies in the past, so I have nothing against people who work for big companies. Not but at all. But on the other hand, I do kind of laugh. I have to let say I laugh because, you know, if you listen to some of the big podcasts, Sound design by so and so, editing by so and so, <laughs> quality control by so and so, and they read yeah. off like twenty people, and it's like, you know, lately I've gotten more help in with some external editors, but for the longest time, for many years, I did this like by myself. Yeah. And then I added a virtual assistant who has been great for the last several years, uh, and now I'm adding in some editors. But, but the thing is, is that. I, my heart is always with, because I'm one too, is with the independent podcaster who makes great content and doesn't have a big corporate structure behind them to, yeah, you know, elevate it uh, through their marketing dollars. And, and I mean, I mean, there's, there's something to be said about some of those, because I mean, they're just like, a oh, logical, they're great. There's they're some great extension ones. of like what yeah. radio was for a lot of these people. Yeah. That's what most of their shows, like This American Life kind of did the, right. that thing, right? But I mean, there's something about that independent side of it that makes it a little more exciting, I find. In and I've more. also got to say, I think that having the big corporations in has one good effect for independence. It makes us have to work hard. I'm just keep looking at this glitter on my face. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to keep uh, it, it gives us something to shoot for in terms of quality. Right. Right. I mean, you want to sound as good as mm -hmm. the big guys. And sometimes that's possible and sometimes it's not. But I know for me. You know, I've always tried to upgrade my equipment when I can, to yep. get better at editing when I can, get better at presentation when I can, because I'm saying I'm competing against those guys, so I have to be at the same quality level. I feel it also uh, legitimized the medium a little more yes. as well, having that as well, right? Yes. So now everybody knows what a podcast is. Yep. Um, and I think a big part of that is a lot of celebrities taking them, right? Yeah. Like, oh, well, Absolutely. these people that I know and like are doing this, and that must make this an okay medium. It's not just like, what's a podcast? <laughs> exactly. My dad didn't know it. I have an elderly father in his 80s. He didn't know it until a certain news station that he watched started pushing podcasts. He's like, oh, I see everybody's getting into those podcasts now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that's what I tried to tell you 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, to uh, dive into a bit of a uh, spookier note, I already know we typically ask if you believe in ghosts. I already know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you, have you ever yourself had a paranormal experience? Mm -hmm. You know, I have kind of different experiences. I don't have, you know, like the full body apparition Mm -hmm. thing. I have um, like a series of coincidences. I'll give you one that happened to me now. I know that probably the skeptical perspective on this can be is like, this was just a huge coincidence, but it was a huge coincidence. So I was actually speaking on a cruise about four years ago now, four or five years ago. They put together with different speakers and things and people came on. And I was getting ready to speak. They had a little conference room right next to the casino in the ship. So I had a little bit of a cold and it was a cold. It was before the pandemic. And uh, <laughs> really, it's a cold. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, I ran off to get some coffee. And I, I walked outside the doors uh, into the casino because you had to go through the casino to get to the coffee place. I bet that wasn't intentional. But anyway, I, um, was. I um, saw one of the guys who was attending playing like this game, a crane game where you grab and get money with the claw that goes down and grabs money. It's kind of like those claws they have like at CVS or Walmart where you can go in and get the toy, you know, those kind of things. They had that in the casino? Yeah, but it was with money. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, (laughs) anyway, the thing was is that uh, I had an uncle who I grew up with um, who like lived with, he was like my second dad. And he loved those machines. He would go and like spend like 10 bucks to try to win a stupid thing that was worth like 79 cents. So, and and he also liked to play the lottery. And I'm not a big gambler, but he liked to bet on his football pool, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, I wish he were here. I wish he were here. He would love this. He would have the crane thing. He would lose, but he would be going for money. I just wish he were here. All of a sudden, this woman walks up next to the crane. She cups her hand and she says, John, John, that's my uncle's name. Mm. And he had died uh, several years before that. And then like her husband or whoever it was, her husband must have been named John. Now, to me... That's not a traditional paranormal experience, but that's one of those things. Sometimes I'll use the phrase too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. So uh, the way I interpreted that, and I know it's woo-woo and I know it's out there, is that my uncle somehow knew that I was thinking of him in a very deep, real way and that I wish he were there. And he kind of said, I am here in a manner of speaking. Now, again, the skeptic can say, well, just a really nice coincidence. Maybe it was, but what a coincidence. Now, my question is, did you play the crane machine after that? I did not. I had to go in and speak. I would have. I, I should have. You know, actually, that's speaking. a good point. If <laughs> if I believe that was my uncle, maybe he was telling, play the damn machine. You're going to yeah. win. But, he's uh, just in the paranormal. He's just smacking himself on the forehead. He's like, Yo. yeah, he's like, come on, you dummy. And that's probably <laughs> what he would, because he was old school. He was, like, he was pretty was harsh. Two grand. Come on, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> What do you think, Cody? Yeah, (laughs) I I think like I had a kind of uh, similar kind of experience uh, this year. Um, And I think that those kind of like comforting coincidences are um, warming. And and, and no matter what it is, you know, like 
if you, I mean, it's a lot better. I think it's for like you in those moments too, to believe that and whether it's just a coincidence or it's not, which I kind of don't know if I stand either way, but I like to, I like to believe in those moments because it just feels good to believe in those moments, Mm -hmm. you know? So I, I think like earlier um, it was either this year, it might've been last year where I, I believe, I forget what the, I think it was just as I did an audition and I think I was about to like film a show and I was just kind of thinking about my grandfather and thinking about like what he would think of me being on like this TV show and everything of this like mm-hmm. big kind of like uh break for me. Right. And when I went to tell my friend, uh, she showed up. Um, it was an ex, so she had one of my psychology books and she gave me back my psychology book and I took it home and I was telling her about this show I was booking and I was just thinking about my grandpa though. I was like thinking, wow, I, I think that he would be really proud and he'd be so excited to hear about this. And when I opened up that psychology book she gave me that day that I didn't even know she was giving me, his like um, the funeral card, like memorial card mm-hmm. or whatever, yep. fell out of it. And um, I I thought that that was a moment too, where it's like it's a comforting coincidence, and yeah, it, it's like a pretty big one, right? So yeah, I think so. What are the yeah? I'm more mad that your ex was holding on to the memorial card, not telling you about it all this time. Well, I don't think she knew it was in there. <laughs> okay. Well, she never read the book. Then why'd you borrow it? Uh, I think I left it there. Oh, okay. I think I just didn't <laughs> take all of my. I think that's my okay. negligence. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I like to think that they were messing with you. Yeah. I think well, my well, laziness was at fault. <laughs> well, some of my favorite campfire stories. I'll, I'll give you one real quick if I can. Mm-hmm. Are the ones that they call we call them head scratchers. Mm-hmm. Ones that aren't like traditional ghost stories or anything, but they're just like, what the hell was that all about? So. Uh, here's one. Um, this woman, this was this year, I think she called in with it. And uh, this goes back like to the early 80s uh, when she was a college student and this was before cell phones. So anyway, she uh, she lived somewhere up in New England, Vermont or somewhere. And she went to school about an hour from her home. She was taking classes at night because I think she had graduated and wanted to go on and take more classes. So she would just commute back home. And her car breaks down and no cell phone. And it's like eight o'clock at night, pitch black because it's winter time and very cold. So anyway, she's like, I'm not going to sit here and be a sitting duck. I'm going to get out of the car and see if I can walk someplace. And she walks and she sees like the lights down below the highway, like there's a parallel two lane road. And she's like, I'm going to go down there because it looks like there's a house or something where I can get to a phone. So she walks down and she's like, oh man, this must be my lucky day. This is, um, it's a gas station, right? With a garage. So she goes down and it's actually 7.55 because she walks in and the attendant, he uh, points at the clock, like we're about ready to close. And she said, well, I hope you could help me because I broke down up on the highway up there and I, you know, I, I'm stranded. And she, he said, well, maybe the owner can help you because he lives right next to the station here. He's got a house. And like he appeared almost out of nowhere. He was just there. So anyway, the guy goes and helps her and he said, well, it needs fixed, but I can't fix it tonight. Do you have a garage you can tow it to? And she's like, yeah, it's like 40 miles away though. 
And he said, no problem. I've got a tow truck. I'll take you. And he took her to that. And then he said, do you have somebody you can call to pick you up? And she said, well, I don't, you know, basically she was kind of stranded again. And he said, well, I'll drive you home. And then he never at any point did he say anything about charging her or anything. So anyway, um, they get to her house and he, oh, she said, oh, I forgot. I, I need to pay you. I only have a couple of dollars, but I have my checkbook. How much? And he said, oh, well, 20 bucks and you can write me a check. So she writes the check and the guy's like really insistent. Tell your family everything's okay. Everything's going to be okay. So she writes a check, goes in her house. A couple days later, she's driving back with her family back to town, this town an hour away. I don't know if it's Burlington or someplace like that. And uh, she said, let me drive by this gas station. I want to show you. This guy was like the nicest guy ever. She drives by the gas station and the place is totally deserted and it looks like it closed down about 20, 20 years earlier. Hmm. <laughs> now, to me, there, there's two possibilities. Mm -hmm. And I would say this to her, either A, she's lying, or B, she experienced something paranormal. I don't know what the other experience would be. Now, by paranormal, I don't need necessarily ghost. Could have been some kind of glitch in the matrix. Could have been some kind of jumping realities. I don't know what that is, but something not normally explicable. I don't right. believe she was lying. I mean, the woman was probably not the people, you know, over the age of 90. Uh, she's not 90, but I'm just saying just not that older people can't lie, but nothing in her presentation, nothing in the way she was talking led me to believe that she was making this up. Right. So there it is. And, you know, the listener has to decide. And those are the kind of stories I love that just kind of make you go, what the hell was that all about? <laughs> It's almost like the perfect Twilight Zone episode, yeah. you know, like yeah. uh, that's what it kind of feels like in a way. Um, and or is it Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Yeah, <laughs> like Large Marge. Yeah. For me, I'm always just like, yeah, I, when I hear Marge. something like that, I just think, oh, maybe it was just further down the road. And because it was dark, you forgot where it was. <laughs> but that's the well, skeptic. That in, that's the skeptic. That's in me. OK. That's... Uh, we, we had a head scratcher recently with a guest of the show who went to a psychic. And then the psychic kept showing up and trying to scam them out of money. And we were like, how do, why are you believing this person? <laughs> but that's no, the kind of head scratchers we get. <laughs> I will, I will say this. I think both things, I think it's not mutually exclusive. I do believe people have some abilities. I think that some people have some psychic mm -hmm. abilities. I think mm -hmm. that is a real thing. However, I also think there's bad people out there who try to scam people. This was so, a bad person trying to yeah. scam her. <laughs> I mean, and I definitely think those people are out there. So I think people need mm -hmm. to be really, really careful. I think something like that, you almost look at it like gambling. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, let me give you an example. Let's say that you want to go see a psychic and it's $40, okay? Okay, if you can afford it and you want to go see the psychic and whatever, I say spend the $40. It's if nothing else, it's entertainment. For sure. But don't get into a thing, well, I'll tell you a little bit more, but that'll be another, you know, don't get into some kind of that's, ongoing, like, yeah. well, <laughs> I'll die happens. the rest of your life. Yeah, that's sad. <laughs> and I hate to hear that that happens. Yeah. And I think both things can be true. I think there's even, I think there's even decent psychics who work for money. I mean, you know, everybody has to learn and even, uh, make make a living. But my point is, is that, yeah, there are charlatans out there. I said the same thing to a psychic one time, and he said, well, there's crooked 
podcasters and radio hosts too. And I'm like, well, you're, you're right. I've met some uh, in the past. So I, I mean, that's just kind of my thought process. And I think both things can, and, and for me, they are oh, true. Yeah. yeah I, I think that naturally in our society, there's people that are going to take advantage of every situation. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm under the same belief. Like I, uh, I do think that like psychic abilities, uh, possible i did have uh, a psychic earlier this year which we only have a month left we're in december now mm-hmm. but she she said i was gonna die of a heart attack this year which was a bold prediction <laughs> oh geez why well, certainly hope she's wrong <laughs> I, I i ended up taking the precaution anyways i'm like at the gym i've, I've changed to an all vegan diet because if someone says that to you i feel like you should at least have a checkup, you know, like you should take it kind of seriously, yeah, whether most, you believe in them or not. Most psychics I talk to, and I'm not believing, I'm as psychic as a board, and I never have claimed, and that's one thing I'm very careful to say. People will email me and say, well, my house is haunted. What should I do? And it's like, I don't know. I'm a <laughs> podcaster. Yeah. But the one thing that most psychics I've talked to, first of all, say anything that they see is not like a certainty that it can be changed. Um, and then the other, uh, and, and most people that I've talked to would not even present it that way. They would just say, <laughs> you might want to look at making some healthier choices or right. things like yeah. that. They wouldn't put it quite that way that you're going to die with a heart attack. Now, I don't know who this psychic was or anything. So maybe but she felt that's... like that's the only way I'd listen. Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe those activities prevented it. Yeah. You know, anything's possible. Anything's true. I, uh, but yeah, that story, I love stories like that, that you were telling with like a, uh, the uh, gas station and everything Mm -hmm. like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's exactly a head scratcher where I, if someone was telling me that story and it's so easy to not hear it from the person and be like, Okay, that's not true. But when you hear it from the person, right, you see you hear their authenticity right. uh with it and everything like that. So I mean, yeah, those are the kind of like perfect stories that you want to hear, you know. It is yeah. such like Americana mm-hmm. kind of like urban legend kind of folklore though. Like that that a story like that feels like, you know, like the large march kind of thing or right. you know like no, any of those any of those like uh uh, pop culture-y kind of folklore tales that were very common for a very long time. You know, like the 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 hook hand on the door kind of thing. Right. It, it, it has that kind of feel about it. Right. I agree. And I, I'm one to say both things are possible at the same yeah. time. That yeah. some of them happen and some of them are just made up out of whole cloth. Or some of them have been embellished over the years. Maybe it was based on something that did happen. I had a... We, get calls like you guys, I'm sure, have listeners all over the world. We got um, a call from a gentleman in Ireland, and he lived in Northern Ireland when they were having, you know, horrible, the time of the troubles with the IRA and everything. Mm -hmm. And he had gone with a friend to the center of town, I think, and they missed the last bus. So they had to, I can't remember if he was Protestant and they had to walk through the Catholic area or vice versa, I can't remember. But basically, they were going to have to get back home. They were going to have to walk through the area of the other camp. And I mean, that's seriously where you could end up dead, you know, back then in the early 80s. Um, 
And the funny thing is, I think the boys were like, one was Catholic, one was Protestant, I think. But anyway, they were walking through this area and like these grown men were going to attack them. And um, this lady all of a sudden uh, on this bridge shows up and uh, she says, don't worry, boys, I'm going to walk you right through this. Don't worry. And they start to approach them and the old lady's there and she kind of like gives them what for and says, look, you're grown men. Would you treat your own teenage boys like this? You leave those boys alone. And they were able to walk home, no problem. So years later, the guy who called in, his dad died. And he was at the funeral. And one of his dad's friends was there. And he was talking to him. And he told him this story. And I can't remember her name. But he's like, oh, you met Lily. He's like, who's Lily? Well, her son jumped off that bridge and committed suicide years ago before this happened and uh she died and uh she's been spotted to that bridge ever since giving helping people talking people out of suicide and so forth again you don't have to believe it but that's the that's the story so we get you know that's another thing i love about podcasting more so than broadcasting is that we can really talk with people all over the world right yeah. and i just love that idea that people all in all across the world can can call in with their with their uh, stories. Yeah, you definitely get a bit more of that freedom mm -hmm. that you might not get with a, a corporate entity. This episode of Spooked is brought to you by BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Spooked, S-P-O-O-K-E-D, to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Spooked. Yes. Love is in the air. That's Valentine's right. Day is Va coming up. Valentine's Day coming up, and it's okay if you don't have a sweetheart this year. Mm -hmm. Have no fear. I know that that weighs on a lot of people, whether they have a Valentine, don't have That's a Valentine. Right. you know. And the stresses of planning Valentine's Day is a lot. It can be a lot for you, and you might need someone to talk to during this time. Self-love is important, and what better way to do that than with our friends at BetterHelp? Exactly. I know that for myself, mm -hmm. I get a lot of uh, stress while uh, doing planning and, do mm -hmm. and putting things together. That really uh, stresses me out. It um, gives me anxiety. It, uh, it makes me kind of just fold up and want to just stay in bed. But it doesn't have to be that way. No, it doesn't. So the people at BetterHelp have people to talk to you about this and talk to me. Yeah. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, BetterHelp's a great way to do that. It's entirely online. So even if you are stuck in bed, what great way to start it where you don't have to leave the first few sessions? Exactly. Yeah. Just open up your Open uh, it up laptop. and get it started right there. Yeah. In bed. Perfect. You can still wear your jammies, just as I like it. BetterHelp is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, whatever that schedule may be. Just fill out their brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And, hey, if they don't work out for some reason, you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. Yeah, you're not stuck to a therapist, you know? And, and it's all... And online and everything, so you don't have to have that awkward thing of like in person, and then they're just wondering whether you're, they're going to see you again in person, and it's more of a connection. No, do online, do BetterHelp. That's right. So don't forget, go to BetterHelp.com/spooked to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P dot com slash spooked.
Um, I have a couple more questions before we uh, get into some uh, goofy uh, would you rather stuff. Okay. Um, but I want to ask you because uh, your your background and everything, it's very uh, like literally behind you is uh, <laughs> is just it's like the spooky, but it's also very like classic. So I just wanted like your take on kind monster, of uh, alien. Yeah. Skeleton. I wanted your take on kind of. Uh, modern horror i guess mm. if you're like a fan of that if you've uh been uh digging it or how you feel like it uh holds up to the uh kind of classic honestly i'm probably more of an old school guy i'm mm. like uh you know <laughs> <laughs> uh i you know i like i mean probably i'll give you an idea of my favorite all-time horror movies and they're certainly not new Movies like Rosemary's Baby, movies like yeah. The Exorcist, movies like The Shining, because yeah. I like the psychological thing, because, I mean, you can see, you know, Saw or movies that have, you know, slice them, dice them kind of things. And it doesn't bother me. It doesn't make it make me queasy. It's so funny. I remember when my wife gave birth to, I think, my first daughter they they did a cesarean they cut her open she was open and i'm standing up looking at her guts and the doctor's like oh sit down you'll pass out i'm like i'm not gonna pass out i thought it was interesting so i <laughs> i mean I, I knew she was gonna be okay i knew yeah, she was yeah, in good yeah. hands so it's like yeah. oh this is cool let me look and they're like sit down sir you're gonna pass out so it's not that like i can't stand a little blood mm -hmm. but it's more like to me, I don't know. It's kind of like this is a crude. Uh, I don't know if you guys are PG or R rated or anything because our shows R are definitely yeah, PG rated. Whatever you'd like. But you say. think about in the day, you know, you can access all kinds of things, right? In terms of adult entertainment, but I think things could have been more tantalizing back in the day when people you know more things were hidden same with like jokes like um howard stern i thought howard stern was way funnier on terrestrial radio than he is on satellite radio yeah because there was you know he'd talk around things right mm -hmm. um so my point is is that it to me not showing stuff or hinting at stuff is a little more sinister than actually, okay, I'm going to saw their head off and then I'm going to play soccer with their head. You I, know, that's just my take on it. I definitely agree with that to a certain point. Like, I think, again, having those limitations can be really helpful. And there's plenty of movies I've seen that were good until they actually revealed the things that they were alluding to the whole movie. Right. <laughs> um, Especially with the CGI. Yes. Right. Yes. And not to say that there aren't good horror movies now. I would yeah. never say that. But I just harken back. And plus, I'm an old guy. I'm 53. So. I was I was just about to say there are a lot of movies that don't necessarily rely on that and are very good psychological movies that have a lot yeah. of those traits that you're talking about. Well, what was the movie? Um, what's that movie with Tony Collette? Really good. Oh, Hereditary. Was, oh, yeah, yeah. Really good. I mean, and that was a lot of the same thing, though. Mm -hmm. The same idea It was all like, ooh, what's going on? Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Movies like that I enjoy as well. I think there's a, a a lot lately too where the the cool thing is to give the homage, you know, to the yeah. to the old school where like because one of my favorites of all time, of course, is Jaws, which is exactly what you said, right? You're, like you're not really seeing the shark, and no. um, this year like Nope came out, which was a very big yeah. like homage to right. uh, yeah Jaws, and I'm wearing a Nope T-shirt right now. <laughs> um, and then uh, like stuff like the Black Phone or like even the Conjuring movies, just very good homages, I think, to that old school kind of 
that kind right. of feel. But uh, I, I think I agree with you that I lean more towards that. I've never been like big into the slasher. Of course, there's a couple like uh, when they get satirical, like the Chuckies yeah. and the Scream and stuff like that. I, I right. dig that. The but, more uh, self-aware tongue-in-cheek versions of those are are definitely more enjoyable than the ones that are trying to take themselves a little right. too seriously. Well, it was so funny. Every Halloween, we do a live stream or right around Halloween for mm -hmm. our community. And every year I, I dress up as somebody different. And this year I was Chucky. So oh, that okay. was... <laughs> have, you, have you watched the, the new series? No, no, no. I watched the first movie and that yeah. wasn't. Enough. Okay, okay. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but um, last year I was, uh, what was I? I was uh, Pennywise, of mm, course. Yep. Uh, and uh, I've been different. Uh, and, oh, no, last year I was a Joker year before I was Pennywise. Ah, so okay. every year we try to dress me up to look more ridiculous every year. <laughs> Um, one of the, the last questions here I have for you is, uh, for your podcast, you've heard so many ghost stories over the year and every, over the years and everything. Um, what has there been one that really like, uh, stuck with you in like, kind of like a horrific way that like gave you nightmares or anything like that? Like one that really like kind of blew you back with like, Whoa, that's scary. Well, the all time one, and it's very much in that twilight zone kind yeah. of feel it's not like blood and guts but it's like what would have happened to these people and the interesting thing about this story is is that i've met the person and i went to michigan pre-pandemic and did a video with her mm -hmm. to get her story in person and i believe her now more than i did when she told the story mm -hmm. this is a wild story though It'll take a few minutes it's called the roadhouse saloon and basically the story is and I've told this story so many times. So if anybody has listened to me before in another show, they probably heard it. But uh, basically, this woman was up in Wisconsin. She lived in Michigan, but she was, um, her and her family, I think, were staying at a, um, like, I don't know, a camp or something. And just to have a, you know, to have some time off during the summer. Her and another friend drove about an hour away to see a band play at a bar, I guess. And uh, they closed the place down. It was like two o'clock in the morning. They actually went backstage and talked to the band because they were musicians. And uh, then they drove, they were driving back to the camp. It's like almost three o'clock in the morning. And uh, my caller, T.I., she had to go to the restroom. And she tells her friend, Bob, who was driving, I've got to go to the restroom. And he said, well, you, there's some bushes out here uh, you could take advantage of, but that's about it. There's nothing. It's two lane road. It's totally pitch black, dark. You get the picture. So anyway, they, they go on a few more minutes. They happen upon uh, a place at a big sign said the Roadhouse Saloon. And it was a bar and it was wide open. It was like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, well, that makes no sense. They got to be closed by law two o'clock, but they were open and there were a bunch of cars in the place. And, and Bob says, oh, we can stop here. And I'm glad because I heard they have this mural on the wall that I've always wanted to check out. So they go in, Bob goes and gets a Coke or something at the, the bar and uh, T.I. goes into the restroom. They come back and they're talking. Sure enough, this big mural, a picture of the Old West, like an Old West saloon was there. Mm -hmm. There was a bartender and there was a uh, a gentleman with what they used to call dance hall girls. There were some guys playing cards. All this was in the mural. And Bob said, uh, yeah, uh, this is the mural and it's pretty amazing. And uh, they're looking around and the people are kind of, they're kind of spaced out. They're kind of like smiling blankly, but they're not talking. 
And a gentleman comes over to TI and there's this bubbler jukebox, like old Woolitzer jukebox that plays vinyl, old one. He plays um, Let's Twist Again by Chubby Checker. And he asks T.I. to dance. But when he smiles, he has a mouthful of rotten teeth. And T.I. says, no, I, I don't dance much. And she shows him her cane. And she said, I was really glad I had that cane so I could, <laughs> I could beg off of dancing. So anyway, it's like, this place is weird. You know, this place is weird. But they're still sitting there. And they look back at the mural and they see that there are these two doors, like the doors where like the gunslinger would come in and say, I want to see the sheriff, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but they, there's something in the picture they didn't originally notice. There's two columns of mist. One is shorter, one is taller. And they're talking more and more and more. And then they look back and the columns of mist have formed into almost humanoid type figures. They talk some more and more and more. And then they look back again, and there's Bob, who is taller, and there's T.I., and it appears that they're now in the mural because the woman in the mural has curly hair, cowboy boots, and a cane, and T.I. has curly hair, boots, and a cane. At that point, they look at each other and say, let's get out of here. Now, according to T.I., they go through the door, they close the door, everything goes pitch black like the place had never been open. All the neon signs are out, just like it had never been open. They look back to the parking lot. There is a car in the parking lot, their car. So that would be weird enough, but it continues. They leave, and then T.I. is a lot more brave than I am. So two days later, she comes back. I don't know if it was with her sister or with a friend. And they go in, the mural's on the wall. Bob and T.I. are not in the mural, by the way, but everything else is the same. And the other thing I should mention is that in the mural, they noticed everybody in the painting was also alive in the bar, uh, doing different things, but they thought, oh, maybe that's just an homage or something. But anyway, I forgot to mention that. Hmm. Anyway, uh, T.I. goes up and talks to the bartender, who's a woman, and she says, oh, we were in here the other night. We had a... You know, it was interesting. <laughs> she said, where's that big, good-looking guy who was the bartender the other night? And she said, well, I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, I'm the only one who tends bar here other than my elderly father. And then T.I.'s like, that's weird. And she strolls over to the jukebox, although it's not the classic Woolitzer vinyl jukebox. It is a jukebox with CDs. And there's no chubby checker on it. And with that, T.I., uh, leaves and goes back home and has never been back since. Now, a couple things. The place actually does exist. I've seen pictures of the mural and it does have an actually, it, I did a video on YouTube because one of my um, guests on the Paranormal Podcast, Chad Lewis, has written numerous books on the supernatural. He's from Wisconsin. So he actually went there and took pictures. This is pre-pandemic. Then um, I know the place exists because I called the place trying to talk to somebody because it was also on the other. I uh, had talked to the people at the other spooked podcast and told them about this story and they had T.I. on their show. Um, I had called the restaurant and nobody ever called me back, but it did exist. It was open. I don't know after the pandemic if it's still open, but it was open then. And then in 2019, I drove up to Michigan with a videographer and we did a segment uh, a video that's on my YouTube channel. And the thing was, is that T.I. 
was retired from a very respected position. I mean, you know, uh, they seemed uh, as American as apple pie, just normal folks, um, respectable folks. And she seemed a hundred percent sincere. And I, you know, I tend to believe her. Now what would explain that? I don't know, but uh, it was uh, an incredible story. That's the one that stands out most of all. Now I will Mm -hmm. say this, most of our campfire stories are far simpler than that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, someone believed they had a ghost or something in their closet. That was this week's show. I mean, most of them are not nearly as elaborate as that, but that's the one that sticks in my mind because if you believe that, then they were within an inch of somehow being caught in some kind of purgatory or something. Right. So uh, I, I'm I'm sure Damien is a little skeptical on this one, uh, <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, but uh, that's one that's really stuck out for the year. I probably told that story a hundred times. Mm. Now you prefaced it with it being a uh, like a Twilight Zone type uh, thing too. Um, and now I'm thinking when I was listening to this and hearing like the other one too, like it's a good story, you know, it's a, it's a really good story and people experiencing it in it. So I have to then believe, do I believe in this story or Mm -hmm. do I think that this person's a great writer? And if they were like an amazing writer, why don't they have their own TV show? You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> two different people, two different people, but both great stories. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how many great writers are there out there? So uh, now I'm thinking I, I, I tend to uh, lean towards it a little bit because of that line of thinking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was um, that was that was. Um, but most campfire stories are much simpler than that. It's mm. it's usually one single thing. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, we have one a couple of weeks ago, a gentleman worked in retail uh, and uh, he was, they were closing up for the night and she, he went in the back and he saw some woman in the, the, the storeroom doing something. Mm-hmm. And uh, he comes back and they have like the end of night meeting before close up. And he's like, oh, we forgot somebody. And he'd never seen this woman before. And the manager's like, what do you mean? This is everybody on duty. He's like, well, what about that person back in the storeroom? And he said, well, who's in the storeroom? And this person was dressed, it was Shopco, I guess, at the time. And uh, she was dressed like, you know, you could tell it wasn't just a person, a civilian. They had like the Shopco whatever on. Yeah. And uh, uh, I said, yeah, there's a lady back there, you know, counting inventory or something. And uh, the manager's like, can you describe her? It's like, yeah, she's about 60, a little... uh, you know, uh, a little more, um, I don't know what the word is, uh, a little larger. Uh, and she has like a popped collar. And the manager turned like sheet white. She's like, um, she's like, well, let's let's hurry up and close up everybody. Don't worry so much about the usual stuff. Just do the bare minimum and let's get out of here. So they all left. And this guy catches up with the manager. And he said, what was that all about? It's like, the person you described worked here 10 years ago and she died in that storeroom. So, I mean, that's a little more, you know, it's, it's not like multifaceted, but that, yeah, that's yeah. a pretty incredible story as it goes yeah, too. No, yeah. Wow. Uh, well, let's uh, get into uh, some uh, would you rathers now. Ooh, okay. Um, so 
here's one for you. This is kind of like a classic uh, would you rather. I find no matter what list we have, it has something like this one. You've probably heard one like this before, but it's always interesting, I think, to, with different perspective. Uh, would you rather save your friend or let 100 innocent people die or save 100 innocent people and let your friend die? That's a tough question. Let me think about that a minute. I think I... I would not want to let my friend die, but again, I think that the needs of the many have to outweigh the needs of the few. So I'd save the 100 people. Do you get to choose right. which friend dies? <laughs> no, I, 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 I mean, are we talking a real friend or just like an acquaintance? That's what know? I mean. Like, why you yeah, choose sort of like friend, if you could you choose know? me? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> you're looking at me like you want to well, choose. I'm asking you the question. You're making the <laughs> rules here. <laughs> uh, but... That's funny. <laughs> yeah i i think that i think that even if like someone was like hey listen it's they said it's my best friend or 100 innocent people what do you want to do to me and i'd be like well let's take out these <laughs> no that's true well it's like the whole thing about you know like uh you press this button for a million dollars but someone in the world dies kind of thing yeah and then you're like well rich people are doing that every day so you know what's 100 people <laughs> And who knows? It might not even be a nice person. Yeah, it yeah. could be bad people. Hundred innocent bad people. Yeah, that's no. I I would definitely think I would I would save the hundred people. I think I'd yeah. have to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it it's tough, but uh, <laughs> your friend died for a good cause, I guess. Um, would you rather? Uh, oh man. Would you rather watch your friend? Now, this is even going My a little poor bit friend. Yeah, He's going through it here. Same friend that's already died. <laughs> okay. Uh, would you rather watch your friend be tortured by Jigsaw? So we're talking Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah. All right. Or cut off your own arm. So now we've, we've, we're not oh. sacrificing friends anymore. We're hurting ourselves. Right. To see how much further it's going to get. That's tough. I mean, part of me would like to think that I would let them cut my arm off, but I think when the rubber meets the road, I probably <laughs> watch them be tortured. Yeah, it'd be like, oh no! That I mean, I think theoretically, so like mm. you're sitting, we're sitting here. We know that this isn't going to happen. Yeah, I comfortably sit here and say, well, of course, I'd let them cut my arm off. But when he got to cut me, cutting my arm off, I have a feeling I would change my attitude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the realistic approach, yeah. and I, I I'm glad you're uh, you're taking it. That's how I think too. I, I, you're in the moment, right? And you see the Saw movies where, like, uh, we we mentioned that's not your thing. So, but like when you watch them, they're kind of in that situation, right, where they have to like take out their eye or something to right. like save this person or whatever, and uh, it never works out. Because right, but that's moment. why I figure if he's going to yeah. cut off my arm, he's not going to stop there. So I might as well uh, give in because well, he'll start with the arm, then it'll be a leg, then it'll be my head. So it's like, I don't trust him. Mm -hmm. uh, to run into uh, the theme of, I guess, people that are close to you. Uh, is this, like, oh is this, this Would you rather hate your friend or not? Like, what is well, it is from everythingmom.com. Oh, Just okay. shout out that. And who we all know that moms list. love their friends. Yeah. 
Uh, would you rather find out that your parents are aliens who eat corpses but are charming people? <laughs> okay. I, would, I that would really affect me to figure out that my parents are charming people. Well, if your parents, <laughs> that would be the more shocking yeah. revelation. Yeah. Well, if, <laughs> if your parents are aliens, then wouldn't you be an alien? I guess by default. I, but you don't have the same like if I, I yeah, mean if I found that out now alien, then I'm not even still be well you might you might get a taste for it. So I mean also we haven't got to the second option here but I'm already leaning towards this one. No. <laughs> um but the corpses too the people would be dead already. Yeah, they would like say you have be to kill right. them. I mean it's not hurting them they're it. just yeah. Yeah. That's fine. providing a little nutrient. Um, or discover that your partner is a creature from another planet, which doesn't say they eat corpses, so it's already a little better. I think I definitely go for the parents. Yeah, the parents? Oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. And again, who are they hurting? They're eating corpses. They're dead already. So really, nobody gets hurt in that scenario. It, it's true. And, and with the partner, I feel like if you found out that your partner was like a creature that was like taking like human form, then you have like a whole thing. It's like, am I supposed to be doing that? Like this, is this like, what is yeah, this? That, that's not even hard. That's not even a difficult question. Yeah. <laughs> well, my thing about the first one is it puts into question, are you a creature from another planet who's trying to do that stuff? Are you going to want to do it? At least with the partner one, like if everything's like copacetic and cool and they're like a cool creature, that could be fun. But then if you don't like them, you just, you know, break up with them, move on, go out with somebody else. Right. So I would probably lean towards the partner because uh, then I don't have to talk to my alien parents anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Leave me alone, <laughs> you aliens. Come over for Thanksgiving dinner. There's a guy's head on the table. Like, no, thank you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> Everything Mom. Yeah, talk about wanting the drumstick. <laughs> but exactly. Uh... Everythingmom.com just really wants us to all accept our parents. So that's, that's the true. everything. And mom. I don't. So um, here's a, uh, another one. We'll do two more here. Uh, would you rather wake up in a locked room on fire? Uh, which I've been watching a lot of Rescue Me lately, so yeah. I've had this yeah, on my mind. That's that's not a very good choice. Uh, or wake up in a glass coffin that slowly fills up with water. Oh, jeez. Okay, let's think about this. <laughs> you you weren't expecting the sec. You were expecting the other one uh, to be your parents are cannibals again. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think the first one. Because I would feel like there's absolutely no hope of getting out of the glass coffin. That's like an automatic death sentence. You didn't say, is it possible the room might have a window? There might be some, maybe you can knock the door down. You know, at least I feel like I, I would either have a fighting chance or I would feel I would have a fighting chance. So I'd go with a fire. Right. I guess my thing with the coffin is like, it doesn't say that it's underground or anything. So it could just be on the ground and i would just either like open the lid and get out <laughs> i i think it implies that you're stuck in it there. doesn't say anything about that but glass you can break glass in case of emergency not when glass. inside it no you got to do that one inch punch like from uh kill bill or whatever <laughs> <laughs> right i guess if you've been watching that movie enough yeah i'd rather be wet than on fire right but that's just me <laughs> I I think uh I think the fire one is uh more interesting to me too because I I mean the idea of drowning is like 
I think that's worse to me than being immolated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I want to, uh, I, I want, uh, to be, you know, uh, cremated anyway. So, but yeah, just... but you want to be dead first, right? Yeah. I, ideally, but I mean, at least I'm helping someone's job a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they so, just sweep up a pile like this is him probably. Yeah, if if I can go out making one man's job a little bit easier, the guy at the crematorium thanks you. Yeah. Um. So last one here. I think this is a little bit of an easy one, but it's uh, it's a film one. Uh, would you rather have dinner with Hannibal Lecter or Patrick Bateman? Hmm. I think uh, I think Hannibal Lecter would be really interesting. I would just be really, really careful. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems it seems like if Hannibal Lecter is having dinner with you, then you're not his victim. You are right. eating his victim. You're having in the show at least. You're having a very nice meal. Like they make a whole culinary That's art what I'm of it. Saying, yeah. Although, like the, you know what happens halfway in, he tells you what you're really eating. And you know what? Mm. If you're going to eat people, you may as well have it prepared well. So Right. I mean, why let it go to waste? That's what I'm saying. I would rather have the good meal than have to listen to Huey Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> I I in in American Psycho, I mean the whole idea is that we don't know if it actually happened or not, right? That's At the end. True. Right. Like, yeah. So is he actually psychotic or is he just having these kind of like imaginations or like fantasy. Yeah, because Lecter was, I mean, diabolical and a bad guy, but certainly brilliant. So it'd be mm -hmm. interesting to try to figure him out, whereas Bateman, you just think he'd just go crazy and like stab you in the head or something. Yeah. I mean, I would I would have a much better time with the um intellectual stimulation of a Hannibal Lecter conversation than I would looking at Patrick Bateman's business card over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> What card does Paul Allen have? <laughs> well, on that note, let's uh, do a round of plugs here. Um, Jim, where can everybody follow you? Well, I think if you're interested in the spooky stories, the mm -hmm. show that most people gravitate to is Jim Harold's Campfire. That's on all the major podcast apps and also at jimherald.com, J-I-M-H-A-R-O-L-D.com. And then if you're interested in interviews with authors and experts, and again, I don't really think there are any experts in the paranormal, but people who have done a lot of research and written yes. a lot of books, you can check out the Paranormal Podcast. Amazing. And we'll uh, be uh, sharing that on Instagram and Twitter at Spooked Podcast, as well as go to the sonarnetwork.com. You can see a full profile on Jim with direct links to all of his uh, stuff and where to follow him and his website, as well as, yes, definitely check out all of uh, Jim's stuff. Uh, amazing. And uh, and your books as well. Yes, Let's yes. I have five that. campfire books you can find them on Amazon. Just look for Jim Harold's Campfire. Amazing. And I, I see that you have a shop too. So make sure to get a t-shirt from Jim as well as get a t-shirt for us on the Sonar Shop. If you believe in ghosts or don't believe in ghosts, we got a shirt for you. Buy them both. Christmas time. Come on, come on, let's do it. And spook, spook. Spooked. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!